Welcome back to another episode of Hoop and Holler. I am your host, Reagan Griffin, and I am joined, as always, by Eddie Sun and Julio Martinez. You know, I might be not as animated as I usually am, but it is 11.35 at night currently, and my parents are sleeping in the room right below me, and it's not going to be a fun time if I wake them up yelling about basketball. I'll just leave it at that. So we're going to try to keep it a little bit more mellow as much as I can. We'll see if Eddie starts bringing up some more... uh, some slander on, on some of my boys, but we'll see how that goes. But how are we doing today, y'all? Good, good. Just trying to keep it PG-13. Yep. Oh, yep. we already hey, getting into it? Freaking PG. Yeah. Good foreshadowing right there. I see it. Yeah. It's better than recording at a 10 in the morning my time. No, it's more not. awake right now. No, That's it's not. That's true. No, it's not. It's significantly worse. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> What a weekend. I I had a heck of a weekend, man. A lot of spike ball, a lot of swimming. I'm very physically exhausted right now, but mentally I'm here. I'm right here with y'all. So let's go ahead and hop into this episode. I know you guys wanted to start it. Maybe I'm not all the way here mentally, but we wanted to start out with the Suns. Let's talk about them. Talk about some Phoenix Suns, man. Devin Booker needs to get out of there. He needs to get out of there. Are as we sure? soon as possible. Are we as sure? As soon as possible. Are we sure? I like what Monty Williams does as a coach. I like that improvement that Aiton's shown this season. I like what Kelly Oubre's done this season. That's I true. think that team they has... Are, they pro- are missing him. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, it projects to be a pretty good team the next two years. I don't, I'm not sure he has to leave, although I'd love to have him in all, L.A. All of these teams are, are projected to be good teams. Every young team in the lottery, basically, except for the Knicks, Hornets, I don't know. Bulls. <laughs> Bulls. I, yeah, we but ain't. even the Bulls, even like Eddie will say, like the Bulls have really, really good pieces. They'll project to be a good team, but they just it, it just never pans out. I don't know. See, now this is what I don't like. It, it, and you just pulled the Draymond Green where, you know, like Ernie Johnson comes out and talks about Phoenix is 4-0. And Draymond just started yelling about getting Devin Booker out of Phoenix ASAP. And, like, I don't know, man. Like, give us some time. I know Phoenix is or has been a garbage organization. But, like, they're actually putting things in place to make it better. Like, you know, getting like, Richard like, Rubio. Like, like giving up uh, TJ Warren for cash consideration. Mm, oh, yeah, not, see, I don't you like ain't had to do all that. that. Cause, you cause, ain't had to pull that one out, bro. That I mean... They were overloaded on the wings. To be fair, they had a lot of wings that they, you know, somebody had to go. And it's not just that. They needed the cap space to sign a point guard because they knew that D-Book needed to play next to a true point guard so they could share the ball handling duties. And that ended up being Ricky Rubio. So you open up the money to sign Ricky Rubio, who's been really good for them, has made Devin Booker so much more comfortable in the offense. He doesn't have to do any uh, everything. And then you got guys like, uh, Mikhail Bridges, who's been really good as a two-way player. DeAndre Ayton's improvement is really good. Cam Johnson looks like a good player, even though they reached to draft him at 11. And then, I mean, it can't be overstated, the stuff that Monty Williams is doing. Like, the sets that he's running as the coach, um, I mean, I've gone on Twitter and said that he's running the best sets right now of any coach in the league. It's See, but I, I'm not saying that these guys, you know, aren't going to be good role players or, you know around a guy like Devin Booker. But what I'm saying is that what are you trying to do ultimately as a team? You're trying to get, you know, to the finals. They're they're not even going to make the playoffs. They're not even going to make the playoffs next year. If Phoenix, let's say, let's say Phoenix's trajectory is like a Blazers right now where they're kind of like in the playoffs every year and sometimes they go deeper than other times. I mean, for a team like Phoenix, that's pretty good considering their history in the last like decade or so. Yeah, I, I guess. I feel like I the guess. NBA is kind of trending in this direction where the teams that are really the finals caliber teams, those are the teams that get constructed a little bit. Like that, that's a team where the stars kind of decide we're going to flock here, whether that was L.A., whether that's Brooklyn now. The Warriors are kind of an outlier, uh, even though KD, you know, we can talk about the semantics of KD going after the fact, but it's almost like the championship caliber teams get uh, – constructed rather than built if that makes sense yeah, like, yeah. You'd be, and, instead and of being built from I'm the ground Devin up Booker it's constructed that's what i'm saying Devin. and i i give i give dame all the credit in the world you know do you do what you want to do but just know you're not going to win a championship just know 
You can't it tell Dame like that. Cut and dry, like you know, I'm giving it no chance. But honestly, can we talk about is. the Blazers? Because like the more I watch that team, as a Lakers fan, I'm not trying to see that, bro. The way the Lakers have been playing and the way the Blazers okay. have been playing, I don't know, man. This we'll, we'll, we'll get to this. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I don't we'll want to see. That. I don't want to see them, man. I don't. But I mean, I also want to uh, push back and see the idea that like the league operates around this like championship or bust kind of mentality. Because Reagan, you know, like better than anyone else, being in Memphis, that a team can make the playoffs, be fun to watch, be fun to root for. You know, uh, galvanize like a fan base. You know, c- create like a culture. And, like, maybe there's no championships to show for, but, I mean, there's still something to be said. There's, there's something to be said, but I can yeah, guarantee yeah. you if I talk to, like, a hundred Memphis fans, they'd trade that entire grit and grind era for a championship. A, well, maybe it'd be, like, a sure. 50-50 split. It might be a 50-50 split, but a lot of people but, would rather have a championship than, like, a solid era of basketball. But there's value in both, that, I suppose. It's just that the way the NBA is constructed, we, we, only, we know that there's always going to be such a scarcity of teams that win championships, and it's going to be driven by whatever superstars go to what teams. So when you can build an organic product like they're doing right now in Phoenix, and maybe it's not going to win a chip, but at least it looks like it's going to be solid. It looks like it's going to be fun to watch. Then, I mean, I don't understand why Devin Booker, who looks like he's having fun out there, would want to destroy that or any of the Suns' ownership. Well, a, a lot of young guys have fun scoring for a while, for like half of their career, and then the other half, they, you know... I mean, I mean he's, got, he's got four more. He's got four more years on his uh, first max contract. So yeah. he's given that time. Yeah. Once he turns like twenty eight and he wants to go somewhere, like, yeah. And what happens? What happens every single time, right? And we saw it with LeBron. We saw it with. I mean, it happens to a lot of players. Is as good as you are, and once you start breaking into, you know, I'm an all star every year. I'm at the top of my position in the NBA. People start sitting back, and once you enter that echelon of the top tier players, people are like, "Well, where's your championship?" You're one of the all-time great, you know, shooting guards, maybe. But where's your championship? We can't even have this discussion until you have a championship, and that ekes that dude. You can tell. So eventually, they want to dip out and, and go try to pursue that. So it's interesting, man. We kind of saw the reverse with Kyrie, though. I don't know why that occurred to me, but I could see Devin Booker dipping for Minnesota, just to throw that out there, just because his other two best friends in the league are already right there. But that's the years down the line. Yeah, and I don't even, I never liked that. I mean, of course, the whole, like, Slam Magazine cover and, and all of that, but that team would not be good if D'Lo, Cat, and Book were three guys. Well, there's no you defense being played, that's else. for sure. <laughs> You're going to have to get, like, the uh, who would be good? Like, Robert Covington and another, like, elite defender to be the other two I guys mean, on that team. That's a, that's a different wormhole, but... I mean, I love watching Phoenix, man. What they're doing this year under Monty Williams is is, is incredibly fun to watch. I wonder, because Monty Williams is one of the dudes that was in the head coaching, uh, whatever the hell you want to call it. Like he was, he was one of the candidates to be the Lakers head coach, and I think he was the top. He was the top one, right? At one point. Yep. Yeah. He turned down that job because he was he he wants to run sets. I want to say I, I'll venture to say that now that he knew with LeBron James he wouldn't get to do as much as he'd like to do in terms of running an offense. I'd also say that the dysfunction would have you know had something to do with it, but what dysfunction? I mean, we all know. Come on, say it with your chest. What like, di- what dysfunction? What dysfunction have the Lakers gone through this year? You're saying not projected this, not, dysfunction? No, no, not, no, not this year. But like, you you don't have to go back that far to last off season. When you know, Matt we traded Johnson for Anthony Davis abruptly, right? When we traded for I Anthony mean, Davis that offseason, I mean, yeah, y'all had assets, but I yep. mean, come on, it, it, you'd be lying to say like the Lakers were the most perfect run organization in the world ever. You'd be lying to say year. that they and were the, the worst. Suns are one of the worst run organizations, which is, which is funny to me, which is funny to me, right? But then, I mean, look, it, it worked out well for everyone involved, but at the end, you should choose. The Lakers, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. I mean, Just I can like, understand if you as a coach were to say, you know, I don't think I would have the autonomy that I would like if I'm going to go coach here. That's what that's within his right to say. But, you know, I, I just mean, think that's Frank an interesting Bogle option. Frank Vogel doesn't have the autonomy. You think he's having fun? Well, and I mean, Frank Vogel's, like, not an offensive coach, though. He's a defensive coach. So he's cool with, like, saying, I'll run the defense. Like, who on that team is really saying, we're going to do this, that, and the other offensively? 
it's LeBron no dictating mo- most of, the, of what's going on offensively. So defensively, right, you bring in a guy like Lionel Hollins, you bring in a Frank Vogel, and you control what's going on at that end, and they've done, they've done a very good job. If I'm Monty Williams and I'm an offensive coach, I don't want to coach a LeBron-led team because a LeBron-led team is going to look like a LeBron-led team no matter who the coach is because that's the only way a LeBron-led team is going to function, that, right? That's that fine. Decision, that mindset, that decision, whatever, reminds me of Paul George choosing Oklahoma City over Los Angeles and choosing Russell Westbrook over LeBron James. How so? In that offseason. Because, I mean, you have a way better chance, obviously, with LeBron in L.A. than you do with Russ and having, you know, back-to-back first-round, second-round exits. Well, let me flip you this. It's it's just obvious. Right, because I feel like a lot of where the joy of basketball comes in, and whether that's playing, coaching, whatever your role is, is doing what you like to do, right? So I'll flip you a hypothetical because I love hypotheticals. Right, ESPN comes to you. They're like, Julio, we got this role for you, man. Cut and film. 100K a year. Or we got, <laughs> yeah, you cut and film. Don't give me that face. Or you got, um, who's a smaller network? You got like, just a... NESN. Yeah, sure, NESN. And they're like, Julio, we want you to do our version of first take. Same hundred K. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's tough. That's tough. You wanna go cut film with LeBron or you wanna go do what you want to do? Okay, but where am I winning the championship with ESPN? That's not that's <laughs> Julio, not you equal. capping if you're saying you're not doing the oh, the first take, bro. You just straight capping. That's not equal. I'm just yeah, saying, man. I mean, the, the analogies. <laughs> yeah, that, that just doesn't fit. Because hosting my own show is winning the championship. The Thunder never won the championship. Hey, man. Maybe that a, was a terrible analogy. It's okay. Cut me some slack. It's 11:47 at night. All right. I, I might not be on my analogy game right now, but who is on their game right now? T.J. Warren. Let's talk about it. Indeed. T.J. Warren's hooping, and he just hooped on the that, Lakers I, today. That's that's, I that's would, Eddie's favorite player. Just like to go on the record and say that I've been hyping up T.J. Warren all season long, and talking about how good he is, and now folks and, are just waking up to him. And I just want to say that he's gonna. If, is he a free agent? No, he's he signed a couple more years with in Indiana. Oh, I was gonna say if he's a free agent, he's gonna sign a big contract, and he's gonna be a disappointment. He, you think this? You think this is the T.J. Warren you can expect? It's, it's so it's so funny. Last week you said you're the hater of the show. You're just proving yourself. Yeah, right. you kind of like no, no. Who was like, come on? But I will say that I'm not sure how sustainable it is because the Pacers right now, without Victor Oladipo at 100, percent you don't have Sabonis. They're kind of in screw it mode. So it's like screw it, T.J. Warren. You take over if you want to. And he's doing the hell of a job of it. But I'm not sure how sustainable it is. It looks great though. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. He's not. He's not going to shoot like sixty percent from the field and like fifty percent from three, you know, forever. And I mean, like we said the same, or I, at least I said the same thing about like Jason Tatum, right, right before the hiatus. But at least what you see with TJ Warren is he's a legit three level scorer, right? But, three from the mid range at the rim. Uh-huh. He's, a, he's a good free throw shooter. You know, he's gotten better defensively. And right, like during the season when he wasn't the go to option, he was the good like third option. And you know that he can exist like that on a good team. No, no. And, and he can. But in all seriousness, though, do you think that the Pacers want him to succeed the way that he's, you know, playing right now? Because in, in an ideal world, you want Oladipo as your one, Sabonis or whatever, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, two and three, and, you know, TJ Warren as a, as a great role four, whatever. I don't think that you ask him to be a role forward. I think, honestly, what you do in the future is you have him be your sixth man coming off the bench. Because uh, like, as much of okay. an improved I mean, defender as he is, well, I don't, I'm not sure if he really coexists as well with Brogdon and Oladipo on the court, and Sabonis for that matter. I think that, he's a guy that fine. goes and gets his own buckets, right? And that's the classic mold of a sixth man. You can put him in there in like your starting five or your finishing five at the end of games. Um, but to me... A Pacers team that could your, they could use that I'm just energy. Saying as your fourth best player, yeah, yeah. I mean, not not even to me because, well, I mean, to the thing about the six man when he was in Phoenix, I always thought he'd be a great six man, like high volume six man. But what he's shown this year is that he can totally coexist in a team environment. Like he's not like holding up the ball as much. Um, he's gotten 
better passing chops, a little like a little better. Yeah, I, I'm uh, not. I'm not saying I that mean, he can't I, I, do it, I, I, right? I'm saying that I think he would. You'd be maximizing on his abilities more if you said TJ go score. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't. The thing is, like, he's been so good in high volume and high efficiency this year, and from like spot ups and you know as a primary creator that it's like he's he's good enough to deserve a spot. In the starting life, and, and and based on how Indiana's constructed, you have two really good guards, you have two really good bigs. Well, then you need a really good wing score. Well, look, TJ Warren's proven to you that he's well. Your wing really score is Oladipo right now. Yeah, I mean, Oladipo is more or less a guard. And if you're the but he's scoring the Pacers, on the wings. That's true. That's true. But if you're the Pacers, you don't want him to keep playing like at this high of a level because. Then he's going to ask for an enormous contract when he's a free agent. And you're going to have to let him go. I'm pretty sure Warren's got like two or three more years on that contract. So Indiana will love to see this for, you know, years to come. And the thing is, like, based on how they were playing this year and how their system works this year, like, there's no reason why TJ Warren can't do the same things but just at a lower volume when everyone else is healthy and at 100%. I agree, yeah. Who has been more impressive to you guys, T.J. Warren or Michael Porter Jr.? T.J. Warren. Well, that's tough. Tougher for I want to say Michael Porter because he's like playing like forty minutes a game, and I and I did not think, like I didn't think he would get to this minutes level for like three years, just you know, with his injury history mm-hmm. and the durability concerns, which. To me, is also like kind of dangerous that Denver is running him out there so much because they're either like really confident in him or they're just so lacking of scoring options that they're just like falling in love and relying on Michael Porter. But I mean, he's showing up with this game and with you know how well he's been playing in the bubble, like he's clearly becoming their second option heading into next season. No doubt. Yeah, my my problem is just people's you know inclination to to just crown everybody immediately. When you're talking about Michael Porter? When you're talking about Michael Porter? Yeah, Michael Porter Jr., like next KD or, you know. I mean, anyone who tells you he's the next KD is just capping, right? But I think a lot of people knew when he was coming out of high school that he was just a special kind of scorer. Okay, but let me ask you this. And, you know, I'm kind of, you know, being exaggerating with KD. But do you think he can be – because I don't think the Nuggets can be successful without an all-star, you know, great – wing score do you think he will be that because i don't like the the that guy who will you know lead them to a finals or, or be competitive up there i think the West guy who leads you is ultimately Jokic, but i think michael porter jr most definitely has the potential to be that supplementary second guy yes all-star caliber i do think he has that potential yes i don't think Jokic can be your best player i i what is this? Why can't why why do you hate big people so much? They were born that As way, Julio. It, Zion what? can't be your best player, man. He's too he's too heavy. You know you know what you you're fat phobic, man. You're fat phobic. You don't like the chubby dudes. You don't like Jokic. You don't like Zion. What do you think? So, yo, PJ Tucker's overrated, man. I don't like him. Come on. Why? I don't know. You need a wing. They need a wing. They definitely need a wing. I think Michael Porter can de- most definitely fulfill that role. Um, I've just been so I mean, impressed because I, I always knew the dude had it in him. I was just waiting on it to pop off. And, uh, I mean, I think he has it too, but the main thing with how Denver plays and that they do a lot of motion is that Michael Porter can't be a ball stopper, and that will be the next evolution I was, of the game. I was going to tell Eddie, don't you think he takes inefficient shots for you? I mean, he's a tough, he be he's making a tough them shot though. taker and a tough shot maker. Mm-hmm. And if he makes them, I can't say anything about it. But if he starts missing them, then, you know, if there's any regression to the mean there, then, you know, then you might have to reconsider making his game a little bit more efficient, a la TJ Warren. But, I mean, if he's playing like this right now, you don't tell him to change anything. Just take that ball and run, boy. Who else we want to talk about? We talked about the Nuggets and Michael Porter. Some of the, the uh, let's talk about what happened. Disappointments, disappointments in the bubble. Oh, disappointments true. in the bubble. Can we start with LA? Your Grizzlies. I mean, the Grizzlies are a disappointment in that you know it was just unfortunate. As soon as JJJ yeah. went down, it's just like darn, that's just tough. 
I said darn. That's yeah, a weird thing to say. With the with the schedule and whatnot, yeah. It just is what it is. The Pelicans to me with have been Pelicans. a disappointment. Most definitely. Um, the Lakers to me, I, I can't call them anything but a disappointment at this point in time. Okay, that that's not a disappointment though. Hey man, like, you know my philosophy. I'm not one who says you can turn it off and turn it back on. And right now it seems no, to be no, but off th- for the that, Lakers. That's not that's not, I don't feel like that's what we're doing. I, I think Frank Vogel is testing different lineups because he has to find out who can play in the uh, those replacement minutes for, you know, Avery Bradley and Rondo. I, I'm not that mad that Ron. I'm not. I don't prey on anybody getting hurt, but I'd rather Alex Caruso, you know, play more minutes. But we needed Avery Bradley, and he he has to find out whether that's Marcus Morris, Dion Waiters, hopefully not, J.R. Smith, what? or whoever. Again, t- why do you hate the chubby dudes? Why do you hate chubby dudes? You said you thought you would slip <laughs> with the Dion Waiters, hopefully not. You just hate chubby people. Why? Who hurt you? What did they do? Come on, man. Chubby players can hoop, too. Um, but I'm with you, man. I think it makes sense, but I don't know. Even in the moments when LeBron and AD has been on the court at the same time, it just doesn't look as good as it did pre, pre-bubble, man. It doesn't. There have been a lot of times where LeBron has disappointed me. There has been not AD less so, but I just hope that they turn it on come playoff time because we know how good the team can be. Yeah, but, it just yeah, has but not team, looked that good. Team... team. Teams get fatigued after, you know, after, I was going to say after a long season. But they I was going to say, we don't took but, a break. <laughs> but no, but what I'm trying to say is that they can't, they can't wait to get to the playoffs to start actually playing. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, that's I, the thing too. So like, here's what I think about it. The Lakers, like, what else do they have to play for? They, they locked up the number one seed, right? They said the awards don't matter anymore in these games. So LeBron's not trying to get the MVP anymore and AD's not you know, playing anything for the defensive player of the year or any of that. So, like, what are they playing for? They're just, you know, getting basically some conditioning and that's it. So, again, uh, and, oh. and you can... Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Julio. The big positive, Kuzma's playing defense. Kuzma's playing defense and he's hitting those open shots, too. That, that's a big positive I'm saying. You can do those two things, I'll be happy with you. Even though I'd like for you to be like the ISO bucket-getting guy, if we can get those two things out of Kuzma, hitting his open shots consistently and playing really good defense. I mean, we talked about how he played pretty well on Kawhi. Effort on that end will take you a long way, man. If he's, get, if he's, getting, if he's giving effort at his length, he's going to be successful for sure. But to go back to the original point, I'm just not going to panic on any team that looks like they're not playing at 100%, you know, uh, effectiveness right now. It's um, it's just bound to happen with with so many results already being decided and nothing to play for that, you know, some teams are just going to just going to, you know, send it in sometimes. Can we talk about the fact that uh, Jamal Crawford tore his hamstring or strained his hamstring or something? After Julio was caping all year, we gotta get Jamal. We gotta get Jamal. Bro That's the hooping. ISO. That bro. bro. Bro was hooping for like two seconds. Then he tore the hamstring. He was like, ah, coach. Oh, oh, my heavy. I can't. I can't no more. I need ice. At least he, at least he lasted longer than uh, Michael Beasley. <laughs> I'll give him that one. I'll give him. He lasted longer than Michael Beasley, but hey. I don't know, man. I, I was not out on the Jamal Crawford train, and I think I just got all my points proven. Too old, bro. Bro, bro was hooping. Bro was hooping. Why ain't he hooping no more? Okay, why did we get Rondo? Uh, why did we stick? Why did we stick with Rondo? I don't know. You're talking to a guy that don't like Rondo either. Shoot, I'm not a fan of Rondos at this current state at all. We don't know if we got playoff Rondo or not. I just think it's ironic that it took it took Jamal Crawford all of like 20 minutes of basketball play to say ah, I'm out. I can't strain hamstring. And why push it if you're Jamal Crawford, right? The Nets team's not going anywhere. Actually, they they actually clinched their uh, playoff seed, right? Yeah, because the Wizards are so bad. That'll get interesting. Did you know, like, the Wizards dropped below the Charlotte Hornets, who are not even in the bubble right now? That's tough. Charlotte has a higher standing than Washington. So do we have to send Charlotte into the bubble now? (laughs) Like, (laughs) suit them up, Devontae Graham. Let's go. (laughs) Suit them up. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that is very interesting. Who else is interesting to cover? Uh, Interesting teams. Should we talk about it? Oh, yeah. That was unfortunate. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens now because, I mean, I want to. I want to see Embiid. Yeah, I want to see Embiid play by himself. Like I've always thought, right? Like split up Simmons and Embiid, especially with the personnel that they have. Like let Al Horford play, you know, a position where he's not surrounded by two dudes who can't really space the floor, right? Like let him play that normal role. Um, and uh, you get um, Josh Richardson and Tobias Harris some more shots. Like who knows? Maybe maybe the uh, overall like effectiveness of that team isn't gonna drop by that much. Even though I think Ben Simmons is like a spectacular player, but um, it, it it clearly lowers their ceiling a lot this year. But I mean, Philly just played like such uninspired and like uncohesive and just like disjointed basketball all season that for Benson's to basically be ruled out for the, you know, rest of the season is just kind of a unfortunate but fitting end to, you know, what 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 a lot of people thought was going to be, you know, a championship favorite or like, you know, some team that was going to be like that good. So the Sixers, they're faced with two options right now, right? You can either say we're starting Shake Milton, Josh Richardson, um Tobias Harris, we're going to plug Horford in at the 4 and play Embiid at the 5. Or I've heard things floating around where you have Shake Milton, Josh Richardson. Um, No, you have Shake Milton, Matisse Stiebel at the two. You move Josh Richardson down to your three. You go Tobias at your four and Embiid at your five. Which one of those two options do you think would be more suitable? The second one. I don't think Matisse should be getting that many minutes right now. Yeah, but you want to p- play Al Horford with Embiid? I'd rather play him separately. Oh, you no. Know, I, I actually think Horford and Embiid, it doesn't matter. So if you take out Simmons or take out Embiid, one of each, Horford looks so much better with the other, but not with both. And I think Horford with Embiid can be really good because you have a power center in Embiid and you have a dude who does all the smart things, right, with Horford and, like, shoot and space the floor, pass a little bit, all of that. Well, um, he shoots well for... He shoots well for a big man. He doesn't shoot well for, you know, just, you know, objectively in general. But, like, he, he'll provide that skill for them. Um, the thing with Thibault is that he's a great defender right now, but he's giving you nothing on offense. Like, he's such a negative. And given the Sixers' offensive struggles already this season and how, like, ter- terrible they've looked, putting a non, you know, basically a nothing on offense isn't, gonna help them in that end um you threw the name alec burks i think that would be interesting if they threw alec burks in there or um i don't even know if they still have glenn robinson on that team but like that would be an interesting i believe they do hmm yeah i believe they do have alec or glenn robinson still on that team if if philly looks really good you know in this bubble uh, in the playoffs then maybe it'll just confirm what a lot of people think was going to happen anyways, that they split up with one of Simmons and Embiid and, you know, trade them for like a real point guard and find a real, uh, you know, guy that can create buckets as a, as a point guard. They need Bradley Beal. <laughs> we all need Bradley Beal. Um, yeah. Let's see. Who else is interesting? I'm kind of winging Joel it. Joel Embiid point. is another player that I don't really like, but... You just don't like big people. You just don't like... He's not even chubby. You just don't like big people in general. Come on. Another people... Another person I don't like... Nick, give uh, me a center that you like. A center that I... I love Hakeem Olajuwon. No. (laughs) Currently. (laughs) Come on. What? (laughs) Come on, man. This man's going back to the freaking... Give me one right now that you like. Come on. Anthony Davis. He's a power forward. <laughs> Give me a center. He's a center. <laughs> Give me a center. That's a power forward. I can't do that right now. Not one center. Not even like Bam Adebayo. Really skilled big oh, dude. Wait. Okay. Bam. I love Bam. I love Bam. Yeah. I love Bam. Yeah. I had to give you one too. Okay. Hey, you know, like person, he just, you he know another, the skill in the NBA. You know? Another person I don't like is Paul George. I mean, let's talk about. Well, it. Yeah, let's let's let's, let's crack it. open that can of worms. Well, okay, I have been disappointed with Paul George solely for the fact that he said he wanted to be in LA, then he went to OKC, 
And I was like, okay, cool. You want to be loyal to OKC. And then he ditched OKC to come to the Clippers. That disappointed me, but that's his his prerogative. You're disappointed with him as a player? No, not as a player. He's nice. And he's been, you know, playing well. But all this, he's just so fake to, I, I don't know. Fake. He just comes off as. Whoa. Okay, you're now, dropping now, bombs on the Hoopa Holler show. Fake? Now you're on the best team in the NBA, and now, like, oh, you want to pump out your chest and talk down on Dame? Like, right. what's, what's So for the problem? viewers who might not be familiar, can you give a little background? Yeah, I mean, they were just – both teams were just going at it today. Um, the Clippers won. Gary Trent Jr. was going at Paul George. Paul George was going at him. Dame was going at uh, Pat Bev, even though he wasn't playing. It was just a heated game. Um, but yeah. And then after the, after the game, uh, Dame was like, I sent Pat Bev home. I sent PG home and then PG commented under like a bleacher report post. Like, and you're going to get sent home this year. Like, why, why do you have to say that? Why do you have to, are you in your feelings that you, you know, you got sent home by Joe Ingles two years ago? I, I ain't mad at PG for saying something like, I mean, sure. Why, why not? If we, I, yeah, you're going to get sent like, that's a little trash talk. So what? Maybe he might not have been a. You got, sent, you got sent home by Joe Ingles. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it, for, it's just, it looks so pointless when, you know, Dame hit that shot in his face last postseason and, you know, waving goodbye that, you know, PG is still trying to yap at him about whatever, right? Like, Dame clearly has shown that he's the top dog in this fight. You know, like, let, let Paul George talk all he wants, right? But, like, Dame will out, he, is out here being the silencer, right? Like, he's shown why. You know, he's a big-time player and why he eliminated the Thunder and PG last year anyways. It's just that, like, it, it, you know, like, trash talk, like, fine. Like, do all of that. But, like, if you're taking it to, you know, social media and, you know, trying to create a whole scene out of it, like, at least back up what you're saying with, you know, some game. And now like, and now you, now you and Pat Bev want to bye-bye, Dame time, like, okay. If you were in Dame's shoes, you would not be doing or carrying the Blazers, you know, the same way he does. You can say, oh, with the Pacers, he's six. That's the Eastern Conference. That's the Eastern Conference in a whole other NBA. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting I, that, and Dame finds himself in an interesting position because he's a guy that's always tried to get it where he was at, right? I'm from Oakland. I'm going to put on for my city. I get drafted to Portland. I'm going to be loyal to this city. I'm going to try to get the city where I'd like it to be. PG's bounced shipped, uh, bounced ship, excuse me, a couple times, and now he's kind of, you know, that's Kawhi's team that he's on, right? That's not Paul George's team. That's Kawhi's oh, team. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, to say, you know, I'm gonna talk my noise when it's not even my team versus Dame Lillard is doing everything he can. But again, I'm for it, man, because Paul George. Let's not sit up here and act like that's not an arguably top ten player in the NBA. You can make the argument that Paul George is even better than Damian Lillard as a basketball player. So. I'm I'm cool with it, man. We saw Giannis and Harden earlier this season. It looks like now we're seeing Dame and uh, Paul George. Yeah, I'm cool don't with a me, little beef. Don't 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 get me wrong. I, I love the beef. I love it. I love it. You um, don't like beef, but yeah, you only like skinny know. people, quick skinny people. Mm-mm-mm. I I think it's because I think it's because PG was you know in that summer that he could have chose the Lakers or, you know, that he decided to stay in OKC. Oh, I'm here in the long run. I'm here with my brother, uh, Russell Westbrook. You know, we're brothers for life. We're going to stay. And now you want to bounce to to the Clippers? That hurt us all. To the little brother? And then you want to say that I grew up as a Clippers fan? (laughs) Bro, you're cat. That's cat. That hurt That's us all, Julio. Bad. That hurt us all. I wonder how Russell Westbrook felt about because he obviously he obviously felt some type of way about KD when he left. I'm wondering how it went down between him and Paul George after he left. I feel like Paul George is the type of dude to be a little bit more forthcoming about what was going on rather than KD kind of. Well, I'll say this: that I feel like Russ and Pat Bez and Paul George are all in the same boat here, and that they just be talking too much, man. Like they're just like. I mean, again, beef is cool, like, you know, good for entertainment, but, like, if you're going to really just talk that much, like, at least back it up with something. And, and Who's you know, not backing it up here? Damian Lillard's... What? Pat Bev. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Russ... Like, I mean, Russ, like, basically was on his shit, like, all series last year, 
right, against Portland, and Damian Lillard just sunned him for, you know, four out of five games. And now he's <laughs> on the Rockets, you know, trying to reignite stuff. And it's like, this This is the thing I appreciate most about Damian Lillard is that, you know, he knows when to command attention and, you know, he knows when to talk and when to just, you know, let his game do the talking. And that's like such a genuine thing to watch, you know, that it's not like any of the theatrics or none of that, right? Like Damien is just here to hoop and take names. And, and da- you know, da- it's- da- Dame says something interesting, like even though, and I've said this in the past, even though the Clippers, you know, they have dogs on their team, it's kind of funny that they felt, well, I, I know it wasn't like a collective effort that, hey, let's all join, uh, but you know, it's kind of funny that they're all all these dogs are on one team, and you know they just they feel empowered. Or PG that you know I don't consider him a dog, but you know now he feels empowered that he's on this great team. Like, bro, stop talking. Keep I don't consider talking. them to be dogs, man. I don't. I don't look at the list. I okay. I don't want to look when I think about the identity of the Los Angeles Clippers. Right, individually we can talk about Patrick Beverly Montrez's dogs, right? But the identity Marcus of Morris? the Clippers. I don't look at the at the Clippers as like a dog team. I don't. You're too flashy. You're too, you know, you're you're not even the underdog first of all. So I you're not <laughs> yeah, an underdog. How are you a dog, yeah. right? When I think about a dog team, I think about that team that's really getting it out the mud. Like uh, Memphis Grizzlies, right? That's a team that's gonna fight and scrap for every inch. I mean, am I wrong? Am I are the Memphis Grizzlies not like a dog team in the NBA right now? I mean, the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are a dog, to, yeah, more or less. Um, I would say the dog is more Damian Lillard, but him being the face of that franchise, I guess you can give them a dog mentality. But I'm not looking at the Clippers like some sort of dogs, man. They don't carry themselves like dogs. Yeah, Pat Bev's likes to chirp. Uh, uh, Montrez Harrell, he's going he's gonna to be physical with you, but... Ain't no way that y'all are yeah. dogs, man. Y'all are too up high. You 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 can't run around acting like an underdog when you are at the the place that the Clippers are at right now. You're not an underdog. It's fine, exactly. but you're not the underdog. I mean, that, that's the difference between you know the talk and the substance, and that you know the Clippers have been trying to parade this idea out that you know they're like the gritty ones, they're like the ones that had to like work for it. But like they phoned in the entire regular season. Like Kawhi just doesn't care about playing games. You know, and I mean, PG was hurt for a part of it, but like, it doesn't seem like PG really cares that much either. You know, like, they've kind of played the season like they've already won, you know, two championships and have nothing to prove. And I mean, it, it's, um, it's unfortunate because like they're such a talented team and they just, you know, I guess they're just waiting for the postseason to show off their true final form or whatever. Yep. But, I mean, see how that goes. I promise you it. I promise you it crashes in, but the Los Angeles Clippers will not be. And I haven't made my finals pick yet, right? I still want to see how the rest of the, the these games play out, and I want to see how the seedings look for the playoffs before I make a finals pick. But I'll say this. I do not think the Los Angeles Clippers will be the, the NBA Finals champion this year. I, I, feel, ref- like I, can, I feel like I can predict your your championship. Well, I haven't made it yet, so you can already you can, you can see we can say it now and then see if we if, if it's right later. But I have not made it yet. The Raptors. That's my prediction for your prediction. See, that's funny because now Reggie's not going to pick the Raptors. Cause I wasn't going to pick the Raptors before, though. I really wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, that's funny because I might have. Yeah, I know I you would. The- I just again I question who carries the Raptors down the stretch in close games. Yeah, that's um, why I don't pick them. But yeah, anyways. the East is tougher for can me. We talk about, can we talk about yeah. Carmelo Anthony while we're on the Blazers? Let's talk about Carmelo. What what y'all want well, to say? Hey, man, it's twelve. It's twelve fourteen a.m. We can talk about whatever that, like, you want. Carmelo's been playing great. Like he's been like really solid for Portland. But I just hate this entire conversation about how we're talking about his resurgence. That. You know, people are coming out with the idea that, like, you know, oh, everyone wrote Carmelo off, right? Like, everyone thought he was washed or he was done, but, like, he came back. and Or, like, everyone was wrong because he came back and, like, proved that he was good enough. But, like, people forget that before this year, Melo still wanted to be the number one option. He still wanted to be the dude who took, like, 25 shots a game and led a team. That's what drove him out of Houston in the first place, that, you know, he couldn't grasp being like the third dude behind uh harden and chris paul last year so he had to make adjustments right he lost weight to be in the bubble 
right? He accepted this kind of supplementary role. And he's been, I mean, even though, like, his defense is still not great, like, he's been good in this, like, third or fourth option. But, I mean, I, I just I just don't like that people are parading around this Carmelo Anthony thing on Twitter or whatever, acting like everyone had it wrong, right? That, like, oh, Carmelo was good, everyone just wrote him off. I mean, it's just it's just so disingenuous. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Or as it. Fight would say, disingenuous. Neither one of you would get that reference. I don't even know why I brought it up. Um, the viewers will get it. Carmelo is... Okay. I think this is a larger idea that, that really is at play here. And this is the idea of the old NBA. Right? The idea of... Right? It's more space and pace now. People three-point oriented, all that. People miss the days of... You know, jab step, jab step, turn around, fade away, one-on-one basketball styled NBA. People are nostalgic for that sort of basketball, and Carl- Carmelo Anthony was representative of that style of basketball, right? And as Carmelo Anthony began to fade away, people were a little bit hurt. Like, man, we can't. Be- I can't believe that this dude. You know, no one wants him on a roster. This is one of the greatest ISO basketball players of all time. Da 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 da. And as we're seeing his resurgence, right, people, it's almost like people are using him as the focal point to fight back. Like this sort this style of basketball is not done yet. Every time we see Carmelo do something that we wouldn't normally see in today's NBA, which is, I mean, it, whether or not we normally see it, obviously Carmelo's style of play is not conducive to what most NBA teams do. I think he's representative of an NBA that people are nostalgic for, and that's why people cape so hard for him. When people say people counted Carmelo Anthony out, I'm I'm willing to venture to say it's less Carmelo Anthony that they feel like they're counting out, but just that style of basketball. And when you see Carmelo Anthony be successful, that's when they're like, yes, people can still do this and be successful in the NBA. You know what I mean? He's and more of an idea. What missing too is the idea that Carmelo didn't change as a player, came back and was just as good as before, except you know he made myriad adjustments and had to change his game around a lot to fit playing next Damon CJ to just make it work and he had to do that because if he didn't he was out of the league no one would offer him a job it's only because Rodney Hill got injured and Portland had zero wing depth to speak of that you know they looked at what was available and thought why not give Carmelo Anthony a chance and it's worked out for them you know to their credit but I mean we got to be honest and say that right like it's not like Carmelo's the same player he was all those years when he was in Denver and in New York now we'll say this I don't think that Carmelo Anthony was a guy that you could say he doesn't belong on an NBA roster. To me, the fact that he wasn't on, a, on an NBA roster was questionable to me. That didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Whether how, how If he was as good as he was, obviously he's not the same dude that he was before, but the fact that he wasn't on an NBA roster was kind of weird. It was kind of weird. Yeah, definitely. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, if he wasn't willing to relinquish his role and he still wanted to be the Carmelo like he was in his heyday then i mean i'd understand why teams would be like look like we have what we have here why would we bring carmelo anthony and mess up what we got going on if he's out here trying to take 25 shots a game and run the offense right and and again that's that's where the adjustment is i mean that's true that's true i suppose and 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 there, there was a conversation when you know he was a free agent and available it's like Okay, if you're if you're a contender, you don't really want him. If you're like, because it's like in today's NBA, it's either you're a contender or you're trying to you know get a good lottery pick. Um, and if you're a lottery pick or or a lottery team, you don't really want a guy like that. So I I can see your point on that, but I think it's just it's less about you know roles on, on the team, like how you're thinking about it and how GMs thinking about it are, are thinking about it to your credit, and it's more of you know, his skill and talent level compared to guys like Jared Dudley, you know, you know, another obviously. chubby guy. What? Why? <laughs> what What do we have to unpack here? This is ridiculous. This is getting bad, man. Like, why do you just like uh, immediately to your head, a chubby dude? Like, oh, who's I mean, somebody that shouldn't be on an NBA roster? Jared Dudley's fat. This is this is. Mm. Man, man, I, we need to we need to dig into that. We might have to get you to a psychiatrist or something, bro. Like, there's clearly some deep seated issues there. Against, oh wow, who's your least favorite player in the NBA? Let, let's start there. My favorite player in the NBA. Least favorite. Least favorite. Mm. 
Uh, Patrick Beverly. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> um, you know, w- what I wanted to, you know, hit on with the Blazers and what's, what I've been seeing, you know, being represented across the board with these teams in the bubble is just how competitive these games are getting. Um, because guys are, you know, just like you said, Reagan, guys are going at each other. Yeah. Whether it's like beef because, you know, whether the players are irritated because they can't see their families or I, I don't know what the root cause of it is, but what I think it is, it's, it's, you know, it's higher stakes for each team and the players are, that are in the bubble. Um, and earlier this year, back you know, last year, December and, and November, you know, all these reports were coming out that the NBA and Adam Silver were looking to restructure the 21 and 22 NBA regular season starting then to have playing tournaments, uh, in-season tournaments, uh, re, re, uh, re-ranking, you know, once each conference got their top two, their conference finalists. So I, I think stuff like that shouldn't be scorned at because a lot of NBA fans are like, oh, but you're going to ruin the product. You know, this is our tradition, blah, blah, blah. No, this is how you make it more exciting. And, you know, the Lakers might be the one team that aren't playing like they have, you know, that, you know, there's high stakes because there's not from them. They already locked up the number one seed. But let's say this was the middle of the season. All this losing would not be okay. All this losing would not be okay in a in-season tournament, playing tournament. Like this would not fly by for the Lakers if this was like the middle of the season. So I think the Adam Silver and the league should really, really look at restructuring the regular season to have, you know, these aspects to make it more interesting, you know, get more ratings, whatever. And, and the product is just better. The product is just better. Uh, Eddie said it at the very beginning of the bubble. You know, there were a lot of turnovers uh, in the in the first game with the Pelicans and the Jazz, but the games were still super, super competitive. They were playing so hard. So I just think they have to have to restructure this 82-game, you know, regular season schedule that we've had for such a long time. Could it be argued, Julio, that the intensity that we're witnessing could have something to do with uh, just a lack of basketball over the past couple of months and that players were just ready to get back to what they wanted to do? I can see that. I can see that. But I, I just think it's more high stick because, I mean, you, you see the Suns, the way they're playing, like literally for the Suns to get in the playoffs, to get that ninth or eighth seed, they have to win every single game. And that's what they've been doing. You, you know, the Blazers, Dame, Dame said it in an interview. This is why I said a few months back, uh, if you guys are just, you know, not going to give us a chance to get into the playoffs, I'm not even going to play and this is why, you know, you give me a chance because I'm going to play like this. So if you put these these competitive guys in high-stake moments, they're going to compete and they're going to show. They're going to show up. That is yeah, true. I'm, I'm with you there. So I've seen this thrown around that uh, people are suggesting that, look, we took the eight teams that were, like, terrible, right? Cut them out so the good teams don't have to play them and the bad teams, like, don't have to play at all. Right, and then you're left with like a lot of teams that are still competitive to a certain degree, and have them play competitive games with each other. It's like naturally made for right, like higher stakes, like you mentioned, Julio. So there's been a suggestion that let's say there's a point in the season where if you're like a bottom ten team, you're just done with the season, and that decentivizes tanking to a certain degree because you don't get you know the game revenues, you don't get you know those ticket sales. You're just, like, done with the season after, like, 60 games. Oh, and then wow. the top, like, 20 teams, right, like, they get to play against each other, and those teams are all going to be competitive. And so those games are all going to have to mean something, right? And then you can start thinking about, oh, maybe we don't need eight teams per conference because we never really did anyway. Maybe we just have, like, six per conference or, like, four with two wild cards. I mean, there's definitely a lot of creative avenues to go there. That being said, I, I still do think that a lot of it is because there hasn't been basketball for a while, right? So that, like, the players are, you know, playing hard because, like, they miss the game that much. But, um, I, I mean, I, I think if the league wants to be forward-thinking and, you know, talk about how they can tinker with the schedules, uh, tinker with the playoff format, 
I mean, a mid-season tournament, you know, everything should be on the table. Like, it's always good to be forward-thinking. That's um, that. That's super creative. The, what what you mentioned? Wh- where did you see that on Twitter? Actually, I just I no, I just made it up. Are you, you serious? I've seen I've seen I've seen I've seen people talk about the idea that of course if you cut out like the trash teams, like there's going to be a better product. So I mean, you know, just put two and two together, right? Like, how how would you create a system that does that? I mean, that's just I mean, my that is a very idea. interesting. The only thing that I you'd have to create a different schedule, right? Or you just cut the bad teams out of the schedule because the thing is, or or let's say let's say at the sixty game mark you have the all star break, mm-hmm. right? So there's like a natural break, and then you have right the rest of the season where the tw- the top twenty teams uh-huh. play, and then right like the other teams that aren't good just you know they're not playing anymore. That 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 I mean, could be something, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So in the proposal, what they had proposed was you know a mid season or an in season tournament, whatever, and the winners of that tournament get. Uh, the players get or the players split twenty million dollars, which I don't know if that's you know a lot of money for them. Um, I don't like the. And then the co- I, I mean, mm. and then the coaches split. I think two million dollars. I, I don't know if the incentive should be money. I think it should be more like maybe playoff seedings for the future. Um, but anyways, the play and then the playoffs. You know, once the six in each conference, the top six teams. Or you know, made in each conference at the end of the regular season, they're locked. Then seven, eight, seven and eight, seven goes up against nine, and eight goes up against ten, or something like that, to figure out seven and eight. And then those shrink to four. You know, the conference finalists, and then, and you know, you could have a you know an, a West you know Lakers Clippers finals because they get re ranked. If the Lakers and the Clippers are, are the top teams, and they're one two. Milwaukee's three, whatever the case may be, you know. <laughs> bro, you fucking lost me. You lost me, bro. Bro, yeah, yo, those of y'all listening, you might have to run that one back, bro. Like, <laughs> obviously, this man's like three goes to two, and then you get the two from both of the conferences, <laughs> like, and they play each other, and then they come. <laughs> Really y'all know I'm not good with numbers, man. I'm sitting here like, bro, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was really studying that last night. Bro, you might have, yeah. I mean, it sounded great. You sound like you knew exactly what you were talking about, but, like, I'm sure Eddie <laughs> just saw my face. I started sitting there, like, my eyes were just wide open. I'm just, um, where, where did that go? <laughs> I mean, I'm not with you. I was, like, trying to make the connections. But, what, again, what you're saying, like, totally makes sense. Like, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think incentives can be in a mid-season tournament other than money? I don't think the yeah. incentives should be money. I don't, I don't like money either. I feel like that's a weird well, the, way to go thing about is, things. There's not enough money for the league to throw at the players for them exactly. to actually care. Because then you have a then – you, then you create this dichotomy where the star players that, you know – make like a million per second right with contracts and uh, uh, endorsements and whatever they're not going to care about the like five million they get if they win but if you're like the 15th guy on the bench then yeah maybe you would care but, but you're like, not even playing but but i mean like but what good does it do for the viewers who wants to see yeah. star players play hard right so that's not going to work um i mean you can you can do like playoff seating um i'm not i'm not so sure whether again as we see Players don't already care about regular season seeding in the regular season right now, right? Like, like LeBron was like, I'll finish fourth in the East and I'll still make the finals, right? Like, I don't care. So, like, does that really uh, work? I mean, I don't know. I'm going to get radical on y'all real quick, man. You ready? Go for it. Lottery balls. You win. But that means you're saying you win, you get the first pick. No, 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 That's no, no. You get a chance at it, bro. Lottery balls. But 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 the first pick is meant for like the worst team. Lottery balls, bro. I'm telling you, imagine, right? Imagine you get it like I I'm the Los Angeles Clippers right now and it's a mid-season tournament and I'm looking at um next season's draft and Cade Cunningham is coming up and he looks great. You telling me I'm like y'all go play your behinds off in this tournament. We might go get one of the best young prospects out there. But now you have a situation where players are playing for their eventual replacements potentially, right? And that's another like slippery slope you got to talk about. Yeah. Like our current roster people going to feel that great about, "Hey, look, that's the dude who's supposed to replace me." Do y'all want to win? Like, 
All right, then. Simple question. I mean, now, you, you can't use that logic and, and then talk about Paul George staying in OKC. You want to win? Go to, go to L.A. Go to L.A. Hey, Paul George wanted to play basketball. Simple as that. Damian Lillard called Paul George a chump. That's what he is. That's what he is. Wow. You call Paul George a chump? Not that basketball, but just how he acts. Paul, on behalf of Reagan Griffin and Eddie Sun, that's him, bro. That's not a hoop and holler. I, I don't think you a chump. I just, it's unfortunate. It's just unfortunate you didn't want to come to our time, bro. Our city. It's hey, all right, Paul, though. If you want to hash that with Julio, we'd love to have you on the show. You know? <laughs> yeah, all right. If he just happens to stumble across, we're going to have Paul George like, you going to call me a chump? <laughs> What's up? Yeah. Julio going to be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. I said those words. I did indeed. Yeah. Oh, man. Next episode. We'll, we might have the Paul George feature. We'll see how that goes. But I think our time has run its course for this episode. We're coming up on 55 minutes. Any parting words? Gentlemen, I think we're good. Paul George, give us a dial. I don't know. Yeah. Do, you, do you, are the are the standings gonna stay kind of how they are now, other than like the ACs and stuff? You think, Eddie? Uh, I still think it's gonna be Memphis and Portland, but um, Memphis Portland done, might bro. Make the eight and Memphis but, but like, do, but like, do you think the like three through or two through uh seven let's say are gonna stay the same because i want i want to start seeing matchups i think in the east i've heard that philly is just a half a game behind the four seat even though they've played like terribly and i still think philly's too good not to go above um indiana and play miami in the first round so that's the only thing i really see i don't think anything else really matters Nothing matters. Because I want to see the mat, the who's who, who the Lakers are gonna have to play. Whoever the bro, I see. Like I said it's at the top of the show, Portland. and we didn't even get into this. I don't want to see Portland. Bro, oh, I, I meant to say this. Can we stop this narrative? Why is this even happening? I'm not saying they're gonna win. I, I, I love, but I don't want to see Portland. Half you forgot, Julio. Half you forgotten. Who's guarding LeBron? Who's guarding AD? Exactly. Who was guarding LeBron? Who was, who was guarding LeBron when Dame dropped 50 in Staples Center? It didn't matter, did it? Oh, it's not the playoffs. It's not the playoffs. Oh, I don't know, Who's man. Who's guarding AD? Who's guarding AD? I mean, they got Nurkic back. Nurkic? I'm not saying Nurkic is going to do it, but I'm saying that team is not one that I want to see. If I had to list all the teams right there, they're at the very bottom of the list of teams that I want the Lakers to play in the first round. Because if nothing else... They're going to give them, like, a run. It's not going to be easy four games and we out of there. Like, it would be five with. Games. It might be a hard five games. But it's gonna be I don't want to play hard five games. I want to see Memphis and get in get out quickly. I want to play, you know, who else would be easy in and out? Phoenix. San Antonio. San Antonio, easy. We in and out. Boom, boom. Dane, he's coming for your throat every single game. And we don't do well at guarding guards, especially now. So you got Dame no, and CJ to worry about? I can agree that they might be the toughest eighth seed or, or matchup, but I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, hop on this bandwagon that everybody's hopping on, on Twitter. You know, the Blazers are going to – it started by Charles Bar- Barkley. You want to listen to Charles Barkley? <laughs> Who said they listen to don't, – don't, don't do that to me because you know what? That's another chubby dude that you're just calling out for no reason <laughs> right now. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Here we go again. <laughs> no, Charles Barkley is one of my favorite players of all time. Mm. Was he chubby when you when you when you liked him? No. <laughs> and you and you don't mess with him now, huh? I love him. I, I love him more as a commentator too. Mm-hmm. Chubby narratives, man. You know who I don't like? Draymond Green. Chubby. Boom. Wow. Here we go. Like it's ridiculous. You see it, right? Do you like our Omari Spellman? How do you feel about him? <laughs> he's irrelevant of course he is you heard it here for here folks i can't even talk you heard it here first folks julio martinez all you chubby any nba players he ain't with y'all man Towns too, bro. he he really makes me upset he's not even chubby he, he look his <laughs> cheeks are fuller i guess like i don't even wow bro that's crazy to me know. man 
I will just say this, and I'll go out on a limb, and this is really kind of a hot take to end the show. I would rather play Dallas first round than Portland. And I'm a hundred percent honest. No, not not what no, I've seen from Dallas. Not what I've seen from no. Dallas. Not what I've seen from Dallas. I'd rather play Dallas oh, first Dallas round than Portland. Dallas is a tough matchup for the Lakers. Like one of the tougher ones. I don't I don't know about that one. I but it's I some, will go back and say that both things can be true, that Portland is the worst matchup for the Lakers to see for potential eight seeds. Yeah. But also they're not gonna do much damage. Like five games, maybe six if the Lakers just decide to sleep away like two of them. Yeah. I'd give it at least two, Five. man. I think they get at least two. Ugh. I don't want to see that Portland team. I'm so serious. It just is what it is. That's just how I feel. Um, Like I said, we should probably start wrapping things up here pretty soon. They're coming up on an hour. Sure. All right, y'all. Fun episode. Learned a lot of things. Episode right here. Went on a lot of journeys. Went on a lot of tangents. Julio Martinez does not like... Chubby NBA players for whatever reason. That was that was kind of out of left field, man. I didn't realize you had a you had a little thing going there. That, we're gonna have to keep diving into that in future episodes because I don't know, man. It was real off the cuff. You saw how quickly he came up with Jared Dudley. It's crazy, man. But that'll do it for this episode. As always, go check out our Square One Media account. Dropped some pretty big news on there earlier this week. Are we getting into the news breaking business? I don't know find out next time <laughs> this is such a bad outro That's pretty good. That's pretty good. it's 1236 i'm low-key delusional bro just finish all right, the outro right. all right listening guys thank we'll you for listening you we will catch you we'll catch you next time what's so funny right now